Hey, y'all, before we get started, if you are enjoying this podcast, if you've listened to several episodes and have learned anything, if you'll do me a favor, take a screenshot and share this with someone who is a newbie in your life, who's interested in NFTs, but might feel overwhelmed. We want to get this education into the hands as many or the ears as many people as we can. So if you'll do me a favor and share this with one person in your life who you know would enjoy this content and have some fun learning about NFTs, we definitely appreciate it. Let's get into the show. So this past weekend, I was at a conference and NFTs was the buzz. Everybody was running around talking about NFTs and there was a lot of artists there, not the traditional artists you think. I'm talking about comedians, dancers, and they were saying, I wonder if there's a space for me to create my own kind of media and do it in the NFT space. But there was a lot of confusion about it. I'm not a traditional artist. How can I bring what I have and bring it to the NFT world? Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs but are overwhelmed with all the information? Heather and I were true, true NFT newbies. We're going to break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art. Listen, y'all, we're going to cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you, and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We're here with Bennett. I know Bennett and we know Bennett through Andy. And I'm in a little WhatsApp community with Bennett where I just get blown away by how advanced some of the conversations are. And that's why, Bennett, that's why you never see me say anything except like a thumbs up. (laughs) But but anyway, um, Bennett knows his stuff and you're not new to the game. Uh, You have a lot of different kind of... um, I would say financial investments going on, but this has become overtaken uh, a lot and it seems to have been very, very mm-hmm. beneficial. So Heather's onto something though. Uh, there's different use cases for NFTs and I know this is for newbies, but this is important information in case you are a person who teaches yoga and maybe you want to explore what the hell an NFT could possibly do with yoga. But Bennett, thanks for being here. And actually, what's your Twitter handle so we can get that out of the way right now? Yeah, sure. Uh, Twitter handle is underscore B-E-N-X-I-T underscore. Perfect. All right. So decentralized media. Did Heather, was she onto something or or what are we talking yeah. about? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll try to keep it, <clears throat> excuse me, try to keep it brief because the, the use cases for decentralized media are kind of endless. Um, but I'll just start by saying that I think filmmakers, photographers, um, choreographers, I mean, really anybody who's, who's creating, uh, art, like you said, artwork, this, the NFT space has been so focused on like visual artists, people who make illustrations and things like that, which, um, I think is, it makes sense that it's been the focus on that. Cause it's easy to understand. It's simple, but there is this whole other side to it that has to do with distributed, um, IP ownership in media. So for example, uh, you could create a, an animated series, a movie, things like that, and allow for distributed ownership of the intellectual property in those things across many people. And there's different ways you can do that. Uh, you could do it as sort of a DAO structure, uh, like the Jenkins Valet have done, where um, this is a, a bored ape. I'm sure you guys have covered the board API club no. at some point. So your listeners, <laughs> I mean, you haven't. No, like <laughs> most people, anybody, if you've heard of NFTs, you've probably seen somewhere on the board. Yes. And they created this. They're they're really they're writing a, a whole narrative um, 
in in written format. Uh, so think like a like a novel. Um, but uh, the storyline is decided by the people who buy into the project. So uh, if you have one of their keys, then you get to vote on the direction that the story goes next. And they've got like a best-selling author actually doing the main writing, but the whole community gets to get together and um, guide the direction of the story. So you've got a part of it, right? Uh, another example would be the uh, Deadheads animated series. This is like a, um, I guess I would say like Halloween themed type collection. So there's skeletons and ghosts. These are the characters in the show, right? So if you watch an episode on YouTube, you see the different characters walking around, doing the things they do in the episodes. And I find it to be a really good, uh, actually, example of showing new people what is an NFT, what can it do, uh, because you can just show someone an episode of that and say, see all these characters? Each one of those are owned by regular people. Wow. So instead of just being one entity that owns everything that has to do with the show, the way that like Disney now owns The Simpsons, for example, uh, when they bought that division of Fox, they own everything about The Simpsons. So, and obviously The Simpsons is huge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just imagine this is a one that's starting, and and there I'm sure will be plenty of these where the overarching intellectual property, the trademark of the name, the writing of the show, stuff like that, uh, is owned by the main entity that created it. But each individual character, the intellectual property for that character, is owned by a person whoever bought that NFT. So um, I'll stop no, there. No, for no, a I want to ask yeah. one question. I know Heather. <laughs> I love getting blown away like this. Every episode. If South Park, let's say Deadheads, and let's just replace Deadheads with South Park. And I had a mm -hmm. Kenny NFT. Like, yep. I'd be like, you guys voted to Kenny to die again? And then, you know, and I'd be like, that's actually awesome. I love it. But like, I actually have input. Like, Kenny's my dude. And I watch him on a regular yeah. basis. And all the input for the creative direction is getting put in by the community as a whole of the owners of these NFTs. Is that, is that, do I have that right? Yeah. And all the voice acting is done by the community. Um, the writing to some degree is there was, you know, uh, a process to select who should be the writer. It's not just anybody can throw out an idea out there. Um, but on top of that, you could, for example, in the example you gave, you could make Kenny toys and sell them. That's yours. That's I never now you'd, ha you'd have to have some kind of arrangement with, you know, Trey and Matt, the South Park creators, <laughs> again, just going on your analogy to say, I want to put the South Park name on the box of the toy, then they're going to want a royalty for that or whatever. If you, if you're using their IP, which in this case is that is the trademark. Um, and similarly, if they want to put your character in the show, they have to either get your permission or pay you a royalty or whatever, because, uh, so there's a whole casting call process and everything like that. Hey guys, we're going to take a really quick break to let you know about a course that I went through that I really loved and it's called NFTs Simplified. Now, this is from Sean Specey who came out with this really short, easy to digest NFT course to help brand new newbies learn the how and why behind NFTs, how to buy NFTs, what in the world is minting phase, secondary market, 
a little bit about security. I originally connected with Sean because I loved his graphics and the way that he was able to draw out and literally simplify this whole NFT game. And even being in the space for quite a while and understanding some of these basic concepts when I went through the course, I just loved it and actually learned some things. It's linked up in the show notes. It's NFTs simplified and it's only 19 bucks. So click over there, grab the course. If you're like me and you need to see things visually drawn out, Sean's going to help you out. Again, that is NFTs simplified. Can you explain, you know, I, like I mentioned at the bit at the top was these artists were coming, these creatives, let me put it that way, were coming up to me at this conference and saying like, you know, I'm a musician, right? Like I'm a, I'm a dancer. Can mm -hmm. you kind of just expand like our awareness of what, what it would look like for a creative like that? Like now that there's like musical NFTs, what does that actually look like? If, mm -hmm. if you're a dancer or a comedian, like expand our minds a little bit about like, what are some of these other types of creatives and artists? How are they tactically taking advantage of this? Yeah, so I'll start with musicians first. I know of a few different musicians who are recording new songs and then they are selling fractional ownership of the masters of those songs uh, as NFTs so that the royalties are distributed to the people who bought the fractional ownership of those masters. Um, That's insane. And with that, there's a little bit of speculation happening, right? Um, so if you like an artist and it's, it's a way to invest in the people you believe in. Mm -hmm. I, I think of it that way. Let's say you were able to have bought even a fraction of ownership of like Lose Yourself from Eminem, you know, uh, or, or something earlier. My than husband when would he was lose new. his mind. Right. <laughs> That's his jam, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people love Eminem, right? So, I mean, imagine when he was, um, I mean, when he was brand new mm. and if he was out there putting out songs and trying to make a living. So for the artist, it's beneficial because instead of having to strike some big record deal or hope you get millions of streams on Spotify or something like that, you can just get a handful of believers who are instead of, you know, again, trying to get some big $100,000 million contract, whatever, you could get like $100 from 1,000 people who want to own a piece of that track, of that the master for that track. They didn't pay too much. It's not a huge risk for the investors, the buyers. Uh, but it's a huge benefit to the artist and they can continue to create. And if one of those songs goes big, everybody wins because the artists do still retain some ownership. They could keep half, you know, or something like that. The creative control. And that's mm -hmm. the other thing, like you don't have, that's really interesting because in that example, specifically, you wouldn't have a record label telling you like, you need to have another album out by here or we're going to scratch this track or anything like you maintaining mm -hmm. complete creative control, despite people having ownership of yeah. some of your previous work. Right. Like the, the Jenkins Valley thing, I, example I gave, it's just kind of fun for the, the people who have the NFTs to be able to contribute to what the story is, oh. but you don't have to do it that way. It's, it's completely up to the creator how they want to do it. You know, uh, in some cases you actually do own a piece of the IP, like, in the music example I, I gave in other cases you don't technically own anything but you're kind of part of it it's just fun to be able to have input on it or get inside information or get like early invitations to events they do or you know things like that um another great example is the rock band avenge sevenfold uh do you guys know them yep. you listen to them they're releasing an nft really soon actually it's this month um that uh allows people all kinds of access including uh, there's, I don't know what the supply is on them, but 
a few people will get lucky and will score the NFT that gets them tickets to show their shows for life. Whoa. Ah. Um, you know, and things like that, right? So it's just kind of a lottery a little bit, but everybody who buys one is going to get value in terms of like unique things that they'll provide to people. But they don't, in that case, they're not going to own any of their, their music or anything like that. So the creators have control over what the NFTs will do and they can add value to it at any time. So in the future, if Avenged Sevenfold wanted to say, by the way, um, we didn't say this before you bought an NFT, but for those who did, early believers, uh, we're dropping this special album. We're gonna we're gonna press a, a vinyl on this special kind of vinyl edition. We're just gonna send it to you, and then suddenly it's like, wow, new value created instantly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's completely up to them. I was wondering, like, okay, let's let's say this this young man that I met at this conference. He's a dancer, and he really wants to do something with within the NFT space, but super new, like newbie, newbie, newbie. Really overwhelmed with it. I I, I would feel confident to say that he could probably reach out to people who are, who are dancers who've created NFTs and just directly ask or follow their work to, to learn. And this is a pretty open community and they're pretty mm-hmm. welcoming. Do you have any other maybe tips or advice for somebody who literally knows there's an opportunity here, but maybe doesn't understand tactically how to go about it? Yeah. With the dancer, that's a good question. Um, I'm not exactly sure how dancing will work in yet, but I do believe that every art form have, has a place for it. Um, I would say with that, it's probably going to be a lot like how uh, photography NFTs are working, which is you have to find people who want to buy it because it's art, mm. not because you get fractional ownership or you know some kind of special rights. It's just people enjoy buying art because it's beautiful, you know. And digital art is is really no different. It's just getting people to make that mindset mindset shift to uh, digital art is still art, right? Yeah. Because I do own it. The blockchain confirms that I own it. It did come from that person. Um, and then they could do things like, you know, I'm going to be part of this big event or I'm performing at this place and you can have special access to that event because you have one of my NFTs. They could do stuff like that. But I would think that for a lot of artists, the, the primary play is just collect my art because it speaks to you, you Love know, it. is some kind of emotional connection. Yeah. This is so interesting as, as we're talking here and I'm thinking, you know, the photography example, the music example, there's not a lot of cases. And, and I mean, sorry, we're older people, but like, let's just say I bought a CD. However long <laughs> ago, I'd get the CD, I'd listen to the CD and that'd pretty much be the end of it. And maybe I had the little booklet <laughs> and I get to read the lyrics and that's cool. Oh, but man. In this, yeah. In this, I could buy whatever it is uh, from this specific artist, but the lifetime value can t- have so many shapes and sizes and just continue to increase as obviously we've seen with, you know, V friends and what that means, you know, conference, uh, mm-hmm. conference uh, attendees or zoom calls or whatever, but that's different. Uh, I think this is just going to influence purchasing decisions on a whole different level. Um, Bennett, we have a commitment to 15 minutes or less to our people. So we're going to wrap, but have you right back on for something else. But we have these cool. questions that we ask from this random pod deck. Uh, so a awesome. random question that we ask you, you have no idea what it is, and we're going to put you on the spot. <laughs> so was there something you asked for repeatedly as a child, but you were always told no? Um, yes. Uh, that would have been power wheels. <laughs> Remember the, like the little car you drive around in your backyard yes. or whatever. I always wanted one of those. Yep. And my parents are always like, it's too. I never got one. 
Yeah. Yep. All three of us. We got my kids one. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, and then where can my people, dad got uh, what kids. are you working on right now? Uh, I know, I know you got some deep ties in places. Uh, where, what are you working on and where can people learn more about that project? So yeah, actually ties into what we've been talking about. The biggest thing I'm working on is uh, deadheads. Uh, and so the deadheads have an animated series, but because the IP is uh, owned in a distributed fashion, uh, I own a bunch of them and I'm creating a comic book series with my own trademarked name. I, one, I've trademarked a name for one of the characters and he's going to have his own comic book series. So it'll be a spinoff. It's essentially the first spinoff coming from Deadhead. That's cool. Um, so better call Saul, so. except in comic book fashion. <laughs> well, actually his name is Sal. <laughs> <laughs> so Sal, Sal Bones is the, is the brand name, um, but it's the characters from Deadheads, but it's not Deadheads because I own the IP to the character, not the show or not the name itself. Uh, I created a name for him, trademarking it, and working with this NFT comic book company to put out a comic. Um, hopefully, early next year. That's Congratulations. Decentralized Media, y'all. 